Hi everyone, I'm Jonathan Siboni, founder and CEO of Luxury Insight, the leading data intelligence platform for luxury brands. Every two weeks, Gottfried Dini, global editor-in-chief, and Olivier Guyot, editor-in-chief friends of Fashion Network, interview the people who shape the industry of luxury, fashion, and beauty. Our guests share their personal journey and opinion on the current state of the market and what to expect for the future. You can find all episodes on luxuryinside.com, social media, and wherever you want to listen to our podcasts. We hope you're going to enjoy this episode. Good day, everyone. Uh, for our latest uh, podcast with uh, Fashion Network and Luxury Insight, we're going to be speaking about a key subject, the buzzword of maybe 2023, artificial intelligence, and its uses in uh, retailing luxury and fashion. And we have the good fortune today to have as our guest uh, Mikhail Mas, who is the CEO of CMAPS, which is a very innovative uh, French company, but multilingual, multinational, which is based on the idea of using AI to help find locations for multiple businesses. If, if that's correct? Yes, that's correct. Well, but good morning anyway. Nice to meet you, good Mikhail. Morning. Um, how did you first get the idea of this concept? Uh, this concept uh, didn't, come, didn't come from me. Uh, the idea came uh, from um, a request I had from uh, a client mm. uh, while I was uh, a data science consultant in South Korea. Uh. Um, um, it was a client uh, working for a luxury brand, and uh, that brand was planning to open a new flagship uh, in Seoul. And, Where? Uh, in Seoul, South Korea. In Seoul, okay. Yeah. And uh, they wanted to benchmark uh, four locations. Uh, for their new flagships and see what would be the difference. Uh, uh, so I, um, I, I did this mission as a, as a data science consultant um, and uh, the, the, the path I, I followed was to try to um, get as, as many details as possible uh, regarding uh, each uh, potential locations in terms of uh, uh, what brands you have nearby, uh, what is the retail mix, um, how premium it is, uh, like uh, the population, the, the number of people that might uh, be coming to that venue. Uh, who are they? How many are they? Uh, what is their uh, income level, uh, diplomas, uh, interest, uh, um, and so on. And, and based on that, uh, it was uh, possible to, to make um, a benchmark uh, with numbers, uh, say, okay, this place, uh, scores higher than these others and why uh, when you look at the detailed stats you get the, the explanation mm. uh that requires a certain amount of sleuthing of really finding the evidence to put together uh your benchmark where do you get that sort of information i mean traffic uh type of consumer profiles uh, that's a world journey to 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 huh? get that's a world journey to to <laughs> to, uh, to to get access to that. So uh, usually you, you start uh, to search on Google and say, okay, uh, like Korean population um, uh, statistics, uh, where I can I get uh, all the amenities, all the stores, um, etc. Uh, and uh, normally you you start with like very high level uh, figures, but that's not detailed enough to take a decision. So if you want to be serious, you need to go like really granular. Uh, you need to go to street level and even building level and to get access to this information, for example, to have the income level of people for each building, 
or building block at least <laughs> uh, this uh, is possible uh, through um, different approaches so you can get access to the detailed database from the Korean government for example uh, which will share a lot of information uh, about their population you can get access to the income level from the real estate prices uh, from real estate websites, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, when you have these two informations, uh, like the retail environment plus the detailed demographics, then you start to, to, to have something. Okay. Um, how do you judge if your success suggestions are successes? Um, the, I imagine the client will come back and say you how, tell you how happy they are, but yeah, they have a good feeling. Yeah, uh, they have also um, um, advices coming from their estate agents uh, usually. Mm. Uh, but like the, I mean, the ultimate validation is to to wait <laughs> for like two three years and see uh, if that store got uh, was profitable, uh, did it uh, achieve the, the objective expected. Uh, but I mean, normally it's really coming from. Uh, can you can you uh, make a connection with between your numbers, or the numbers provided by you, and the gut feeling of your client? I mean, there will be difference. There will be a difference. But you say, okay, this is what I was thinking. But actually, like having more detailed information uh, allowed me to to take a decision. I was hesitating between A and B. I was going in favor of B. Finally, I will go to A. Like the difference was not big, but like when I look at numbers, actually. Um, it just um, make make it way easier to take a decision uh, and also to convince everybody uh, on the table uh, in the organization mm -hmm. that this decision uh, is a relevant one. Okay. Mm. But I suppose what they're really looking at, if you're talking about luxury brands, mm -hmm. is a certain performance per square meter, a certain retail performance. Uh, if you, I mean, if you look at uh, uh, like the, the PNL of a, of a, of a, a flagship, uh, it's it it doesn't need to be profitable um, as a um, flagship creates visibility, and a lot of uh, your revenue is going to come from e-commerce as well. So you have uh, a presence uh, uh, in a place where um, it will bring up your, your brand image, it will uh, bring up uh, the awareness of people, people will, uh, will buy online, mm. um, people will buy in the store, but mm. at the end, what uh, the PNL has to be on the territory level. So you have to see, okay, this zone, this area, this neighborhood, is it profitable or not for us? And then when you compute the, the PNL, it has to be at area level, taking in account all the marketing costs and the real estate costs. So it really depends on your business. But, yes, but so much of the success, surely, of a flagship depends on making them uh, destinations involving important architects, works of art, activities in the store nowadays, which is something you really can't control. Oh, you mean like what form will take the store? Well, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the ultimate goal is always to make your store into a destination yeah. if you're a luxury brand. Yes, right. For luxury, um, like the, how many percent of the success of a, a store will be uh, related to uh, uh, the location and how many percent will be related to the form uh, that took the store. Uh, I mean, normally, uh, when you work with luxury brands, the standards are pretty high. Um, I think it's like 50-50. 
if you if you're talking about uh, like a legit like uh, a well-known uh, brand like um you began the this project this idea was you said someone approached you in korea what were you doing in korea um originally uh, yeah i started my career in uh, in taiwan uh, working for uh, a life insurance company uh, oh, okay yeah. a life insurance company yeah um specializing on um, data like uh, everything related to data mining mm -hmm. uh, like marketing campaigns and so on uh, i was dispatched to korea to um, to, uh, to to help the, the korean team build um uh, a data infrastructure Uh, and, and then I decided to stay there and, and to to work as a as an independent uh, data science consultant, which transformed itself into a consulting company. Um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that was like uh, 10 years ago. Okay, mm -hmm. um, you're from Bordeaux. Tell us about your educational uh, path. Um, I, 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 my high school degree is science. Uh, but um, when mm. I went to the university, uh, I decided, decided to study uh, literature, uh, philosophy, history uh, in a, what we call a, a, a preparatory class uh, to, to, to go in a, in a, in a, in a school or, or to become a university professor. Mm. Uh, so I was specializing in, in literature. So I completely switched. Um, and then actually, after four years of uh, study in that field, which was super interesting, uh, I decided to like uh, switch again and go back to uh, uh, computer science. So I, I, I joined a university in, in Paris uh, in to have a computer science degree. Uh, and, and, and following that, uh, my first job was in Taiwan. So I was hired in Taiwan to work uh, as an engineer. Originally. Oh, uh, on what age were you when you went to Taiwan? Could you repeat? What age were you? I was 24. Ah, okay. Very young. Yeah. That's quite adventurous. Yeah. Um, now, tell us about creating this organization, CMAPS. How did that come hmm. about? Okay. So CMAPS uh, is, um, is a software uh, that helps um, organizations take decisions about their business locations. So uh, it started in uh, 2017. Originally, it's uh, only a software only working in, in Korea. So you you have a map mm -hmm. uh, when you log in. Uh, you can get statistics. You can benchmark. You can take decisions, but only for the Korean market. And I think uh, uh, starting in Korea was really good because it helped us to be very meticulous uh, to have uh, to be very detailed oriented in terms of data. And then. Uh, in 2018, uh, we got funded uh, from French investors uh, who wanted to do that uh, globally. So, of course, you can't build uh, such a, a deep uh, platform globally uh, in a day. Uh, it takes time. So you had one country and then you had another. So we added France, we added Taiwan, we added Japan, we added Switzerland, we added Spain, Germany. I mean, uh, every time we had a request from a client to say, okay, can you do that in the UK? Okay, okay, let's let's add the UK. So you had to search for the data. Uh, so it takes time. But uh, at some point, uh, we started to have a, a pretty wide coverage. At the moment, we have 40 countries. Uh, I mean, most of them- And clients in all those countries. And clients in those countries. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm. yeah. So um, what is uh, um, helps uh, our users is really uh, they log in the platform if they want to get details, information, and take a decision regarding uh, expansion in a certain country, like say, for example, uh, in India, in Vietnam, in Argentina, 
in the US, in Canada, uh, everything is ready. So they have detailed information, which was curated by us, which takes a lot of time uh, to have it ready. And, and it's not only information, but uh, it's also the ability to, uh, okay, like this venue is successful, now I want to replicate it. And mm. you ask the tool, can you find another place, country-wise, which have the same features, the same characteristics as these successful venues I opened or my competitor opened. And then the tool will try to find like the same uh, identity uh, of a place uh, in terms of, so it can be in terms of traffic, like uh, like the, what kind of people are, are visiting this mall, uh, what kind of brand mix you have there, how premium is, is it, uh, also regarding your existing uh, venues, uh, is it rational to be there? Or will you create some kind of internal competition and shoot yourself in the foot? Uh, How do you mean creating some sort of internal competition? Are you, uh, uh, internal competition, like uh, in the, our client's jargon, you have two kinds of positive and negative. Sometimes they want to do it uh, because they want to put uh, at the top the brand image and like even maybe their profitability will be lower, but like the, the strength uh, of being in a certain place uh, will get higher. So they want to have uh, internal cannibal cannibalization, they call it positive one. Sometimes it will uh, be bad for uh, profitability and not create uh, an additional image. Uh, you mean creating two proper boutiques in the same city? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the, the absurd example would be uh, to have two flagships in front of, of each other. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. uh, and uh, how do you warn them about that? Oh, this uh, can be computed. You, you can compute that. Really? Well, how? Uh, you you can uh, see uh, where uh, people are are, are going uh, and uh, if, are they visiting? Uh, let's say you have one mall here, one mall there, maybe separated by uh, 500 meters or one kilometer. So that opens often. Um, sometimes, like completely different people, uh, they, like people who visit mall A, they won't visit mall B, and sometimes um, they also visit mall. People <laughs> they will visit mall A in the morning and visit mall B in the in, in the afternoon. So. Yeah, you need to know that. You need to uh, like say, okay, like here, like it's far apart enough, so it won't uh, cannibalize our ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My experience mm -hmm. of wandering around important capital cities are are, are major cosmopolitan areas that there aren't that many luxury areas in in those cities. Uh, if you look at Paris, there's kind of the Faubourg Saint-Honoré and there's Avenue Montaigne, a little bit Saint-Germain, you know, but it's not as if there are 10 areas. Mm -hmm. So your advice is often, is that right, Li tends to be limited to a limited number of areas. Yeah, first thing you want to know is like, where are the big hubs? You arrive in the yeah. city, uh, where, which you're, you're in the familiar, you want to know the big hubs. Second, you want to uh, understand uh, what makes them different, what makes them unique. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you want to zoom in. Because even if uh, you're from that city, mm -hmm. uh, even if you know uh, there's hubs and you know that uh, they are different, uh, in, within one hub, Actually, you have a lot of different different places. Uh, the number of people passing by is going to be completely different. Mm -hmm. The profile of the people there, uh, depending if you're on the right side of uh, the street or the west mm -hmm. uh, uh, or the left side of the street, is going to be significantly different as well. Uh, it 
in terms of number of people, it can go from one to ten uh, in terms, you know, tenfold. So it's on the same street. On the same street. So, for example, in Manhattan, um, when you, you take uh, like Fifth Avenue, if you're uh, on the east side or, or the west side, uh, depending on how, uh, n how how far north or south you yeah. are, it's really really different. It's not just uh, <laughs> yes, in the low fifties or in yeah. the mid forties or kind of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you're able to provide that data. We have that up to yeah. twenty meters. Yeah. That's also uh, a way to negotiate your your lease. You know, like uh, when you you discuss with a, a landowner yeah. and you say, okay, you provide this price, but I just compared with another option, and like the footfall is is really uh, better than yours. So yes, mate, I will take it, but you have to uh, provide a better offer. In luxury, there are in a sense two extremes of business model. Um, uh, the first kind of global designer brand in the modern era, I often think, is Pierre Cardin, who licenses his name and everything. But ultimately, probably the biggest fashion luxury brand in the world is Chanel, which controls its distribution fairly ruthlessly. Uh, you know, and basically wants to have a large network. And most people have tried to follow that business model of Chanel in the last 20 years. Um, how do you, do, you, do you think AI will affect that business model or will it not affect it at all? AI um, is going to um, have a better uh, use of capital. Uh, the, the, the effect is going to be that um, because you can uh, compute, you can calculate in advance uh, how relevant is the place oh. uh, according to your plan. Yeah. Uh, then uh, you have a lot less uh, draft decision, if I can say. Oh, then nobody will say it, it's drafty. But uh, in, in reality, when you want to dig like really deep, at, at some point, you know that you need to go in place A and not in place B. You need to work with vendor A and not vendor B. Yeah. It's, if you dig, dig in <laughs> deep enough, it takes just a lot of time. So if you have to do it for uh, one, two, five places, it's okay. If you have to do it for 100 or 1,000 or more, if you're, we're talking about uh, maybe uh, ind indirect uh, uh, retail, for example, uh, I mean, uh, we, you don't have time. So if you can have it uh, like pre-worked, uh, like pre-prepared uh, for you by the tool beforehand and just get a summary and just get like the top uh, uh, relevant vendors to go, you save a lot of time and you save and you reduce a lot your risk and then you increase a lot uh, the, the efficiency of, of the capital. Mm. Can, can you speak about some of the fashion brands that you've worked with? Do, do you work with LVMH group brands? Uh, yes. But you prefer not to mention individual clients? That's right. Okay. Um, how big, what would be the biggest luxury brand you've worked for? Which annual sales roughly? Uh, it's yeah within the the, the LVMH group. I can yeah. I can say which one. <laughs> but, yeah, substantial. Yeah, much. And um, what is the payment structure? How do they pay you? Uh, we have a, a SaaS. We we are a software as a service. So um, they get access to the tool for a year over a certain territory, mm. which can be a uh, uh, couple cities, uh, yeah. an entire country, several countries. Yeah. Uh, then um, they can just get access to the basics, uh, just like I want to know like uh, pedestrian traffic, I want to know demographic, or I want to get access to advanced 
uh, capability such as okay i have uh, uh, let's say 3000 uh, uh, vendors uh, yeah. in, in that market and i want to do a deep analysis and try to understand what makes them unique what makes them uh, how can i group, regroup them into in, in terms of family how can i help them how can i help them boost their sales you know maybe by oh. adjusting uh, the format uh, of uh, the, the corners uh, i have there uh, so um Yeah, so it really depends. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you want to have some numbers, but basically, this is a, a, a tool which you, is easy to use and you, you, you're autonomous on it. Uh, we have uh, professional services, uh, which can be uh, provided uh, by, our, by our partner uh, uh, on, the, on the luxury uh, consulting. We have a luxury, actually, it's a, it is a luxury insight, I can say it. Uh, and... Um, They will help uh, the, the, the users uh, on, on the brand side uh, to like, bring the tool to its, uh, its maximum uh, li limit. So uh, get the max, the max value from the tool. So uh, you don't want to spend a month uh, understanding in detail how you can get all the value out of the tool by yourself. You prefer to... Uh, ask uh, uh, um, uh, an, an expert on luxury to do it for you. Yes, you will have access to the tool. Yes, you will be able to modify what they did, uh, like adjust them, uh, adjust uh, the to new strategy uh, of yours, for example. But like the 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 data loading part will have been done by Luxury Insight, for example. So it really depends. Actually, most of our clients are 100% autonomous. Uh, but it's, it depends how, how much time you have. It depends uh, what resource you have in your team. How many people work for your company? Uh, we are 12 people. Okay, 12 mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And you're operating in 40 markets in multiple languages then, I would imagine. The tool is in English. The, huh? tool, the tool is in English. Yes. Uh, and our clients work in English, uh, except in Taiwan. Uh, we have yeah. some clients that don't uh, speak English, but oh. we do speak. We are three people speaking Chinese. Uh, oh, yeah. In Korea also, we have some uh, users who we speak in Korean with them. We have two staff in Korea, two staff in, in Taiwan. So, But normally we, we work in English. Mm. Globally, how many clients did you have in the last year? You mean... Uh, oh. Total. Uh, total, uh, we have um, 25 Uh, organization and each organization can have up to 30 countries so 30 t 30 teams uh for example our biggest clients uh, we have 30 teams so it's like one team one country so then yes it takes uh, quite a lot of time for us to do mm. the training but that's okay we can fin, so far it's fine it works well so, sorry to do the training that means you're you're training people from those companies how to use your tool yeah we do so it takes uh, uh one hour and a half Uh, to do the basic training uh, and then one hour and a half for the expert, like the advanced features of the tool. And I see you in reading your site mm -hmm. um, a couple of times the word uh, isochrone mm -hmm. popped up. It's like a buzzword. What, what, do you what, what do we understand by that? Uh, an isochrone is a, a travel time area. So it's, uh, um, for example, how far can you get uh, if you work five minutes, if you work 10 minutes, Um, and uh, you have two options when you do this kind of uh, analysis. You can do like, uh, we can it flyby. It's like maybe one kilometers radius, mm. or you can do travel time. Travel time is a lot better because, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you can know exactly where people can go uh, and where in terms of accessibility. And accessibility is 
Uh, one of the, oh. more the most important thing when you want to open a venue, uh, uh, if you compute in terms of travel time, uh, like where yeah. can people come from, oh. uh, uh, where can people go to, mm. uh, it can be just to your, for your store, or it can be for doing deliveries as well. That's super important. Time is money. Uh, it can be people uh, time. Uh, they don't want to waste time uh, in the transport and mm. when they come to your venues. Uh, and you don't want to have, uh, uh, you know, uh, delivery services going all over the place uh, in uh, in a not uh, optimized way because you it, it's very pretty expensive, really exp expensive when you do e-commerce, for example. Okay. Um, you're talking about travel time. I remember um, uh, that was an obsession of the promoters in Miami talking about the Miami Art District. It was going to be the new shopping area. I've never been very convinced by the fact it turned in. Anytime I go there, it always seems very empty. Uh, what's your experience of that? I mean, I, I, I mean, that was a market where everyone talked about this would be the new area where people shop. But I still feel everyone in, in Miami goes to Ball Harbor. And uh, do you think sometimes there are districts that people predict will be the future, and that turns out to be a mirage? Uh, we have two use cases. Uh, number one is existing ones. Mm -hmm. uh, we have two use cases. Uh, we can see no, the, the number one use case is uh, you want to benchmark uh, shopping malls. Mm. Uh, and maybe the shopping mall owner will share some numbers with you, but do you trust them? Uh, do you want to spend time to ask him? Or do you want just to check the numbers? Mm. So we have the pedestrian traffic, we have the population pool around it. So then you can benchmark easily. Second thing is about the future. Let's say you create a new mall uh, out of nowhere. Uh, will it attract traffic? You can compute, you know, just based on all the existing malls. Do you have space for one, a new one? Uh, and where? Okay, this can be computed. After, will it work or not? No idea. Honestly, we, uh, yeah, like a new traffic <laughs> driver. Our clients, they, 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 they tend to to open where you already have traffic and then we we have Ike, we have uh, yeah. we, we work with the big furniture <laughs> company uh, with a big traffic driver uh, and for them it doesn't really matter they open somewhere and people will come but this is quite uh, quite an exception like our most of our, of our clients they they just look at where are uh, people going and they benchmark and they take a decision so they tend to follow the general consensus very closely yeah yeah um, it's not like if we build it they will come yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um tell me a bit about what you learned in your career path that you now apply and what you do at at, at Sampas. Um, um, what I learned is like when you do a market analysis, uh, this is uh, very hard. No matter, uh, I'm not talking about computer. Mm. Uh, I'm just talking about understanding uh, just the business, the environment. It is complicated. Even if you have all the information you need on the table, you have too much of it. And it's quite hard to, to, to be synthetic and take a decision. Uh, so on, the, on the other hand, you need to have uh, a very detailed picture of your market, of your environment. And like you have kind of two things that are kind of in, uh, hard to conciliate together, like a lot of information, but at the same time, you don't want to, to draw uh, into that. And at the same time, you want to stay synthetic, stay high level, 
but uh, you don't want to build something on on, uh, on nothing on emptiness <laughs> yeah so this is really difficult to connect like uh, to to plug these two uh, these two uh, constraints uh, that are super important uh, how you can do it is just a lot of work like you don't have a, a, a silver bullet for that you have just <laughs> uh, uh, yeah um, you, you need to do it uh, like uh, with a lot of uh, uh, hours of work step by step at some point you know that you have enough quality you know that it's good. Okay, you're on the right side of the of the barrier, and you can take a safe decision. Uh, and you're giving good, honest, intelligent advice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, we've a lot of young people listen to this podcast who want to get into the fashion luxury industry. What would be a couple of pieces of advice you would give to someone going into college now who is considering a, a path in this area? In, in the luxury area or yeah. in the technology? Uh, both. Uh, you need to be super good uh, <laughs> at, at the understanding of uh, uh, the strategy, the business, the identity of brands. So 100% business, you need to be 100% business and you need to be at the same time 100% an engineer. <laughs> this is hard. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think there is a shortcut. You need to be super good at uh, each. And, and then make a connection between the two. But um, if you are business, but not in, an engineer, uh, and if you're an engineer uh, without being a business, uh, you're, you're going to hit into some troubles, I think. And how you can get it, I think it's just a lot of work. Hmm. I don't say we, we, <laughs> we, we, we are there yet, but I mean, uh, we, we like uh, just looking back, uh, I think we we achieved some some result uh, as of today. We are not uh, we we are not perfect, but uh, we we reached some results and yeah. But it's, yeah, there is no magical uh, yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Speaking more generally, why is it you think France or French managers, executives, or creative talent? have this ability to kind of nurture over a very long time, you know, generations and centuries, if, uh, luxury or brand, prestige product brands. Compared, I mean, it's so clear compared to all, all its great rivals. Why do you think France has that specific skill better than anyone else? It's a hard question. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, uh, first thing that could come to my mind is, uh, you know, if you look back uh, four centuries ago, uh, why uh, when uh, uh, the brother of uh, Louis XIV uh, he, he brings uh, shoes, <laughs> red shoes, everybody uh, uh, wears red shoes uh, in the day after. Uh. You know, I think it's really about prestige uh, and like the the history of France. Uh, with a very strong uh, monarchy uh, and uh, such a high prestige of the king, mm -hmm. uh, even if it's a long time ago, it still has some echo today. And uh, and yeah. And the second thing is, uh, I think, uh, mm, excellent, ex excellent. Uh -huh. uh, if you want to uh, uh, to to be a, a writer, uh, if you want to be uh, Marcel Proust, if you want to be uh, uh, Jean-Sébastien Bach, okay. uh, a, it's a super long way. Uh, you can show, fine, it will take uh, 
an enormous quantity of learning. Uh, it's very, and I think this kind of uh, uh, exigence um, has been in some way applied to the luxury uh, world. So maybe it's uh, related to that. I, I'm not quite sure. It's a really hard question. Yeah. <laughs> I ask yeah. everyone that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Michael Mas, mm. it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Luxury Insight and Fashion Network podcast. If you like this episode, subscribe to our channel to discover more exclusive insights from leaders of the industry. You can find all our episodes on luxuryinsight.com, social media, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.